So I want to continue on today in a series we're doing called Now and Forever. We started this a couple of weeks ago. And really what we're talking about is the amazing life that we have in Christ. Now and forever, full and abundant life. And I sort of introduced the series talking about how God created us to love us and that He's interested in us. And then we started to touch on what our response to that love should be last week. And I want to dig more into that today and over the next several weeks. So that's where we're heading. That's the intro. Transition, always a bad joke or two. These were particularly bad this week, so I'm very excited about them. This one was actually texted to me. What do you say to your sister when she is crying? Are you having a crisis? Thank you very much. Explain it to your neighbor. So then, then I haven't uh, asked Alexa for a joke in a long time, so I thought it was probably time. You know, Alexa is a little Amazon Echo thing that you can ask. Mostly I just have her turn my music on and off. But I said, hey, Alexa, uh, tell me a joke. So here's, here's why I don't ask her very often. How did the hipster burn his lip? He drank his coffee before it was cool. <laughs> I was like, really? I said, come on, you've got, you got to do something better than that. So she gave me this one. What cheese goes around a castle? Mozzarella. <laughs> Scripture reading here on purpose. Matthew 22, 37 through 40. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments, and blessed be the word of the Lord. We'll be digging into that verse over the next few weeks uh, in response to and using as a foundation for this. Um, I ended the sermon last week, the message last week, on this verse, Romans 12.1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God, this is your spiritual act of worship or your true and proper worship. We ended there, and I said I'd pick it up there this week. And I want to pick that verse up by talking about worship. What is worship? And I will tell you that our scripture reading holds a key to the answer to that question, but I just want to talk about it with you a little bit because I think... um, we have a lot of different sort of ideas about what worship is, and they may not get a hold of the entire concept that we need to get a hold of. And so, you know, what do you think worship is? When you, hear, when you hear the word worship, do you have a picture that comes into your mind? I went to Google Images on the computer, and I typed in worship because I wanted to see what image would come up. And the first probably 50 images were somebody doing this. That... Uh, that was what worship is, and a lot of people think, well, that's what it is. And certainly that's a part of worship, and it's all part of it, but uh, it, it may not be what it is for you. You might think of when you hear worship, you might think of prayer, you might think of singing, uh, you might think of communion, you might think of going to church, or you might think of something that you do in church, but worship is more than all of those things. Worship is your primary objective. It's, it's your number one purpose in life. It's, it's to be your highest priority. And, and so that's what worship is. And what I would suggest to you is this, is that worship 
is knowing God and loving Him back. You see, perhaps the most important thing that you can know in this life is that God loves you. We talked about that. We, we spent a couple of weeks developing that idea. And, and, and so knowing that, what we need to do then and, and what, what is on us to do is to love Him back. And I want to encourage you to do this, if you're not already doing it, is when you, when you get up in the mornings, um, before you get busy doing everything else, that, that maybe you start with just a little prayer that says, you know what, um, God, if nothing else gets accomplished today and I don't get anything else done, at the end of this day, I want to know you a little more and I want to love you a little better. That, that, that perhaps is the best goal you can have in your life. Um, with that in mind, really then, no matter what happens during the day and, and, and no matter how difficult things are, what happens or what doesn't happen, if we get to the end of the day and we can say, you know what, today, God, I did. I, I, I know you a little better and I, I love you a little more. That's a good day. That's a win. But if you get up and, and, and you have a day when you just get going and maybe you have this great day where you just kind of cross all these things off your to-do list and you're, you're very successful getting them done and you, you, you think, oh, wow, I got all those things done. But at the end of the day, you don't know God a little better and you don't love Him a little more. That wasn't the kind of day that you want to have. See, because you weren't put here to check things off a list. You were put here to know God and to love God back for all the love that He's given you. And so, so this is, you know, something that we need to really think about, especially in the midst of the things that most of us are dealing with now. I don't know about you, but I have, I'm, and I've always been a list person. I know a lot of, not everybody's a list. I've always been a list person. I have more lists now than I've had for some time because there's lots of stuff going on. I have a whole other category of things or two that I'm trying to take care of. You know, there's projects around the house that need to get taken care of, and there's projects around here that we didn't have before that are added to the list, and there's just life things and, and everything that goes on and the stress of living and the difficulties, and, and, and my lists are going. And, and I realize that if I'm not careful, I can be consumed by those things to the, ex, to the you know, the, the cost of what really matters that I can lose track. And I can think, oh, this is a good day. I got all these things done. But if I haven't engaged with God, if I, if I haven't known Him more and loved Him better, if I haven't engaged with the people that matter to me, I kind of missed it. When we started this series, I told you there's a verse in John 10, 10, where the enemy has a stated mission to steal, kill, and destroy. And he's so crafty. He wants to steal life from you. You know, as a as a believer, he knows he's lost you uh, in, in that struggle. He was trying to keep you blinded to the truth. But if you've come to Christ, he's lost that part of the battle. But he still doesn't give up. He doesn't want you to experience the life, this, this full and abundant now and forever life. So he's on you all the time to steal it away from you. And, and he's so crafty, he'll just get you so busy that you forget what really matters. And especially in a situation like we're going through, it's just easy to get busy and distracted. And I want to encourage you, don't let that happen. Just every day, you just start your day saying, God, I want to know you a little better. I want to love you a little more. I want to know you a little more. I want to love you a little bit better in your life. And, and that's where we kind of stay in this amazing life that he has for us. And so, so we're to, to be people who respond to his love by loving him back. And he helps us know how to do it. In Mark 12, 30, looks like our scripture reading. It says this, love the Lord your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, 
and all your strength. So he tells us how to love him back by giving us these ideas. And so we're going to dig into this over the next couple of weeks. But let's talk today about loving God with all of our heart. Point number one in your notes, love God with all your heart. The writer of Proverbs said this in Proverbs 4.23, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Your heart is the wellspring of life. When you read about the heart in the Bible, it's not about the organ that we have in our chest that pumps blood throughout the body. It's, uh, I like to think of it as the control panel of our lives. It's a heart that motivates us, compels us, moves us, draws us. And so that's how, you know, in Proverbs, it's called the wellspring of life. The, the big issues in life spring from the heart. And, and this is the, where God wants us to love Him. He said, I want you to love me with all your heart. Well, to do that, something has to happen. And that's point number two in our notes, is that we have to have a spiritual heart transplant. We all have a heart issue. Come, before we come to know Jesus, we have heart problems. Uh, Jesus talks about it in Matthew 13, 15. He said this, For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they close their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. See, we have a, we have a heart problem. Our hearts have become hardened. Um, living in a sinful, uh, fallen world and, and broken planet, our hearts become hard. The things that we've done that we shouldn't have done have hardened our hearts. The things that have been done to us that never should have happened have hardened our hearts. And so from this hardened heart place, we, we can't love the way that we are created to. We, we can't love Him the way that He created us to. So we need to have a change of heart. And this is sort of at the root of being born again, of being born from above, that one of the things that happens is he actually gives you a new heart. And he has to do that because these hardened, callous hearts have a tendency to be drawn towards doing things that they shouldn't do. Matthew fifteen nineteen. For out of the heart comes evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, and slander. So he has to do something. So when we come in faith and give our lives to Christ, we, in effect, we get this new heart that He puts within us. And the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us and begins to teach us how to live this life that He's called us to in loving God with His new heart. And, and these new hearts help us to, to be more like Jesus, to, to love God the way He demonstrated. If you've, if you've read the Gospels, you would see you know, how Jesus would go off in, in the night and he would just pray to his Father. And it's a picture of Jesus' heart, a heart that loves God the Father. And, and, and this is the heart that he gives us when we come to him. And this was all prophesied. I love this. In Ezekiel 36, 26. Listen, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. And I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. So, so this new heart allows us to relate to God as our Father, uh, not as a force. See, too many people, even, uh, you know, we talked about people either believe in God or they don't, but oftentimes people that believe in God, they, they relate to God as if He's some distant force and, and that He's not involved or that He doesn't really care or that He's like a big meanie who's just kind of pouncing on them every time they do something wrong. He's just looking for their flaws and their faults. And, and that's not the way that God is. See, this, this new heart 
that, that Jesus gives us allows us to relate to Him as our Heavenly Father because He created us for relationship with Him and with others. We talked about that. He created us in His image, and then He gives us His new heart, and, and he, we'll see how He encourages us with, with mind, soul, and strength to love Him all in, and, and, and so we can engage Him in relationship. So how do we do that? Third, how do I love God with all my heart? Now, uh, this is a, an ongoing, lifelong process. This is something that, that happens when we come to know Jesus. Uh, he begins to help us. New heart, you know, the heart is softened and it's not as hard as it was. And He's teaching us by His Spirit how to love Him well. And, and what we need to do is we need to make this heart love for God our, our absolute highest love in our lives. Um, the area of our lives is without compromise. In Exodus 23, we're, we're told to have no other gods before Him. You shall have no other gods before me. I, I touched on this last week in Matthew 6, which I told you is one of my favorite life verses. That's why it's up on the wall. It's been there since 1993. Seek first His kingdom and His righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. There's something about getting this priority right in our lives, and that, that He has to be in first place in our lives. And in situations like we're experiencing right now where there's been so many things that have happened and so many things that continue to happen uh, in, in the difficulties of life. It helps us to see, I think, if, we, if we'll check it out, who's really or what's really in first place in our life by asking some questions like, like, what do you turn to? Or who do you turn to when life is hard, when it's difficult? Where do you go for comfort? Where do you go for wisdom? Where, where do you go for strength? Where do you go for pain relief? You know, so many people living right on the edge of their lives, and, and, and when something happens, it, it, it can push them in the wrong direction. If we don't have God firmly rooted as, as the highest priority of our lives, and if we're not going to Him every day and saying, oh God, I just in this day I want to I know you a little better, and I want to love you a little more, because that's where life is. Everything else leads us in, in a different direction. And those hard questions that I ask, anything that we're turning to that's not Him is something that's competing for this highest spot in our lives. And He wants to be the highest priority. He wants us to, to love Him first. And then, you know, the kingdom dynamics that we talked about last week, the kingdom economy, when, when you put Him first, He takes care of everything else. When you love Him as your highest priority, you know what He does? He helps you to love everyone else in a much better way. In a, in a cleaner way, in a, in a way that makes a difference, in a way that brings life to them and doesn't just take from them. See, He's moving in us to do all these things. So as we love Him first, He'll help us to love the people in our lives. Now, how do we get about all of that? And, and, and how do we know how we're doing? And how do we know if we're loving well or if we're not? How do we know if we're loving Him well? How do we know what love even looks like? And over our years together... One of the things that I've talked to you about numerous times is something I call the love filter. The love filter. And I've encouraged you to memorize these verses. They're found in 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. And we need to go back to them from time to time because we forget. We, we sort of drift away from them and we, we get busy with our life. And, and the love filter is this great set of verses that describe what love is. It says love is patient. Love is kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't boast. It isn't proud. 
It isn't rude. It isn't self-seeking. It's not easily angered. Keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Love always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. That's what love looks like, and, and, and that's what love does. Now, one of the amazing things about the love filter is because the Bible says that God is love, you can put God where it says love in all those verses, and I, I think it just helps us to know His character and, and how interested He is in us. And isn't it wonderful when you read those things? How about God is patient? Isn't that good? I, you know, one of the things I thank Him for every day is, God, thank you that you're patient with me. Because I, I realize how desperately uh, I need him to be, and he is. God is kind. God doesn't envy. God doesn't boast. God isn't proud. God isn't rude. God isn't self-seeking. God isn't easily angered. Oh, that's a good one. God keeps no record of wrongs. God doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. God always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. God never fails. Isn't that good to know about him? And, 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 and so we, we're learning those things about Him, and, and hopefully we know Him more, and we, we learn those things more and more in our lives as we go, and we, we understand that that's who He is, and so because of that love for us, we're to love Him back. Now, another amazing thing about this filter is that I think we can use it to kind of see how we're doing in life, because we have this new heart now, and, and we have the Holy Spirit, and he's, he's teaching us to live this amazing life, and He, he wants us to love the, the way that God loves, and so we can see how we're doing. And, and so we can plug our own name in there as a, as a we can see kind of thing. And, and so you, you hop right in there in verse 4. Steve is patient. I never get past there in the filter because... Steve is kind. Steve doesn't envy. Steve doesn't boast. Steve isn't proud. Steve isn't rude. Steve isn't self-seeking. Steve isn't easily angered. Steve keeps no record of wrong. Steve doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Steve always protects. Steve always trusts. Steve always hopes. Steve always perseveres. Steve never fails. Yeah, no. <laughs> but I'll say this. Short of in the 30-odd in the years that I've been walking with the Lord, I would say I'm I moved a little from where I was when I had a hardened heart and didn't care about anything or anyone. Or You get it? I, I'm shifting. It's a lifelong process. And, and you know, I, I sometimes am more patient than I was. Sometimes I'm not. It just kind of depends on the situation. You know the stories. Sometimes I'm kind. You know, sometimes I'm not rude. Sometimes I'm not easily angered. But see, the, the, the thing is, it's a work in process. But when, when we realize that, that we need to see everything and everybody through this filter of the love of God, we, we really realize that, you know, every part of our life needs to be lived for God as we continue to press in and on in Him. And so I want to encourage you this week to, to do, you know, Two things. One of them, start your day with that simple little prayer. If you could, Lord, I just, at the end of this day, I want to know you more and I want to love you better. And let that be your goal. And, and if you hit that goal at the end of the day, you're doing great, regardless of everything else. And, and kind of 
remember the little love filter thing. Use it as a chance to see how you're doing. Some places where maybe you can ask him to help you a little better so that you can love him more and, and you can love the people around you more. So, so that's what I, I want you to think about this week and, and we're going to pick it up next week talking about our soul and, and loving him with that and how, how important that is. But we're going to end it there for today. Ministry team, those are here, why don't you head over to the wall. People on the way over there are here to pray for you. If you need prayer for anything, they'll make sure you get it. But let me pray for you as a group, and then we'll dismiss. Father, we are thankful for who you are and for your amazing love for us. You are such an awesome, awesome God. And I, I pray, Papa, that every day we would know you a little bit more, love you a little bit better, and that this would impact not only us, but the world around us for you. We ask again, God, that you would bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area, that hundreds and thousands of people would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We pray for every church in this area, God, where your word is preached. Ask that you would bless them abundantly with everything they need to fulfill the mission you've given them. We ask for your continued abundant blessing on us, God, to fulfill the mission you've given us of one more. Just one more lost child back to you, Dad. Just one more. Thank you so much for including us in your story here in this time and place. You are an awesome God. If you need prayer, this morning for anything, before you go, please let someone pray for you. They'll pray for your, your healing, relationship, problems, finances, situations, whatever you got going on. If you're here and, and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I, I want to say let's take care of that today. It's humility and faith. In, in humility, it's just admitting to God you're broken. Like all the rest of us, you've sinned. Asking to forgive you, which you'll do. And then in faith, inviting and accepting Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior. If you've never prayed a prayer like that, do it today. That's where everything starts. If you need help with that prayer, just go over there and ask somebody. I want to know Jesus. He'll know what you mean. They'll help you through that prayer. If you're going to stay and have breakfast, Lord, thank you for the food you provided. Bless that. And everybody that makes it possible. Draw people in for the 11 o'clock service today, God, so they can hear about how much you love them as well. You are an awesome, awesome God. Praise God from whom all blessings